Welcome to Leveling Up, where you'll learn from leading experts in talent development and explore how leaders in some of the world's most successful businesses approach employee development, manager training, and more. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also listen on our website at levelingup.co. This week, we're discussing emotional intelligence, what it is and why it matters. Here's Chelsea's side. Is that the first part of emotional intelligence is really related to yourself and your own ability to understand your emotions. We're going to be talking about a topic that very much correlates to all of this, which is emotional intelligence. And I've often been told a topic like emotional intelligence can feel like a buzzword. So the place that I wanted to start is really defining it and taking it out of something just that just feels like pop culture and and adding some clear actionable steps to the various aspects of emotional intelligence. Because it's not just a buzzword, it's been around for a long time. Um, And emotional intelligence itself dates back to principles from Plato, Socrates, Buddha, and Confucius, talking about managing and improving your emotions, as well as mastering your influence over those emotions. And so modern day emotional intelligence has evolved and broken into various pieces in the workplace. And so Daniel Goleman has my favorite definition of emotional intelligence in his book, Emotional Intelligence from 1995, where he defines emotional intelligence as five things, self-awareness, self-motivation, self-control, empathy, and relationships. So something that might seem new to you or different to you is that the first part of emotional intelligence is really related to yourself and your own ability to understand your emotions. Well, the second piece of emotional intelligence is related to empathy and that interpersonal interaction, which is what I think a lot of us today think emotional intelligence is. And one of the reasons that we consider that empathy piece to be important with emotional intelligence is because why emotional intelligence started getting popular in business and in leadership and learning and development. And it's because, you know, there came studies came out, you know, in the last 10 years stating that successful leaders have a high EQ, not just a high IQ. So they have high emotional intelligence, not just high intelligence. And so, you know, what exactly does that mean and how do we begin to develop that? And one of the reasons emotional intelligence is incredibly important for leaders is because you're managing a team. And so you're working and leading people in your organization. And so you need to know how to influence them. You need to know how to excite them, how to motivate them, how to move them forward. But whether you are a leader in your organization or a people manager or just an individual contributor, it's really important to also have the self awareness and management piece of emotional intelligence um, as a daily practice understanding and development for you. Because ultimately, our ability to understand our own emotions and to be able to work with them can allow us to make smarter decisions and allow us to be stronger and more aware professionals, whether we're managing, leading, or working more independently. And so when we dive into the actual definition of emotional intelligence, let's start with that self-awareness piece and what that really means. So self-awareness is stemming from your ability to be aware of, understand, and recognize your emotions as they're occurring 
And since we're talking about work, we'll say as they're occurring throughout the work day. So the first thing that I would recommend you do if you want to start to analyze your own self-awareness of your emotions is just take a guess on where you stand now. How would you rate your ability to recognize an emotion as it's occurring throughout your workday? And then I'm going to have you go ahead and test that. So try an exercise where you carry a journal with you throughout one week and you note down any time you are feeling an emotion and when that emotion occurs. So it could be, you know, noting that in the morning you are feeling exhausted and you are feeling like you need caffeine and you are feeling like you're not ready to start the work day. Um, it could be at lunch, you're really excited to sit with your friends and to get to chat with them and catch up on the weekend. Let's say it's a Monday. Um, and it could be before your sales call, you're a little anxious and nervous because the sales call is something that's very important to your goals, right? And so you're going to go throughout your day and just note emotions as they're occurring. So I would say, you know, a way to kind of gauge your success here, if you look at this and you note that you haven't listed many, or it's kind of hard for you to pinpoint what the emotion is or to recognize when things are occurring and why, that might be a good chance for you to kind of step back and consider what exactly is happening. So a big piece of self-awareness could be your lack of presence and your lack of um, being in the moment and understanding what's occurring in the moment rather than thinking about other things. So a way to sort of presence yourself for a common method, I would say it really depends on who you are and how you work and what your practices are, but a couple ideas. I know some people to kind of presence themselves and make them more aware of the situation might like tap their fingers just to recognize in this meeting or conversation, I want to be here and present in this conversation and not thinking about my to-do list um, that I have for the rest of the day. Or maybe it's deep breaths, taking you know four by four as a common breathing and meditation just to kind of recenter. And so four breaths in, four breaths out, four times, and just give yourself a chance to be more present in the room. And then just start to ask yourself questions. How am I feeling right now? Where am I feeling this feeling? And why might this be occurring? And now once you have a rich journal of I'd say like at least three to five feelings that occurred throughout a day, you can sit down and review it and think about how you scored against how you originally rated yourself in terms of your own self-awareness of your emotions. Now, being aware of your emotions is just the first step. The next is being able to manage them. When we're talking about self-management, we're really considering your ability to work with your emotions throughout the workday and not to work against them. So if an emotion is occurring, I think obvious ones tend to be emotions of anger or anxiety. Are those the things actually driving your decisions and steps forward? Or is it your own ability to sit back, recognize that I might be anxious in this situation, I might be frustrated in this situation, how can I recognize that an emotion is occurring, learn what I need to learn from it, and move on to the next thing? Um, so my example Anytime that I have good news or something exciting has happened and we need to make a decision, I'll often call one of my coworkers and say, I'm so, I'm so excited. You know, we just got this opportunity. What do you think we should do? I think we should do it. And it's helpful to have that other person on the side of the phone who says, well, let's weigh pros and cons. I know it's really exciting that this just occurred, but let's step back and look at it for a moment. 
And so my excitement is going to be a core piece that's going to drive me to likely be successful in this decision making, but only if I'm able to recognize that the emotion is occurring and what it is there to serve me for. And so my emotion of excitement is likely existing to tell me that I need to celebrate something and something great has happened and even small wins um, should be celebrated and practiced. So let me take a moment to celebrate that and then be able to move forward in my work day. So once we have our journal and we're self more self-aware of the emotions that are occurring, we can start to look at the management of those emotions. So what is the emotion that you've actually been feeling? And one way to start to more critically review those feelings are to add synonyms to them. So while there are you know, some basic feelings that exist in terms of anger, happiness, excitement, um, your ability to sit down, review that emotion and add synonyms to it will allow you to really consider what is going on. So we're gonna be sharing um, a video where um, a researcher actually had a group of students go improve their self-awareness, Lisa Barrett, because they were able to start adding synonyms to the emotions they were feeling. So they could be more aware into the emotion that was actually going on and then start to recognize where it was coming from. So if you think you're angry, are you really angry or is it that you are frustrated or nervous or anxious? You know, what, what is that anger stemming from? And then what can that teach you? What is it that you need to let go of? What is it that's not serving your day? So one way to begin managing your emotions more is to add synonyms to them. And then the other method that can be very powerful is to recognize where you're feeling it. So, you know, if you want to be more aware on when you are really excited throughout the workday, when that excitement might be coming up in your conversations, let's say you're working on public speaking and you want to make sure you're not talking too quickly, but when you get really excited about a topic, you start talking really, really fast you can start to recognize where that excitement is. So I know for me, excitement is often something I kind of feel in my stomach. Like it's a little mix of like butterflies and sort of that roller coaster feeling when I'm really excited. Um, if I can recognize where I'm feeling it, I can begin to identify it more often and start to manage for when it's going to occur. So I'm really excited right now. Why is it I'm really excited? I'm really excited because this is something to celebrate and this is an awesome occasion. But I don't want to let that excitement, excitement be the only thing that drives my decision. I also want my decision to be driven by maybe data and other analyses of the situation and what's going on. So you really want to look at an awareness of your emotion and then try different techniques to begin to manage those emotions as they're occurring. Then to assess your success on how well you've done in terms of managing emotions, you can start to consider what could I have done differently in that instance. So, you know, looking back and saying, if I was able to recognize that I was a little frustrated with my coworker during that conversation, how may have I communicated differently with them? And how would, could that have improved the outcome? And then in the future, how can I manage that frustration as it occurs? And, you know, different approaches here for everyone. Something that I personally like to do is to be open to discuss it. So, developing a trust and open conversation with someone enough that I can say, you know, to be honest, right now I'm feeling a little frustrated. I'm not really sure where it's coming from. I think I was excited to do this project and now we've changed directions and that's a little hard for me. 
can we talk about that change of direction a little bit more? I would like to know more about the decision just to make sure I'm behind it because I want to be a team player. Whatever it is you need to do, I think if you can build a strong relationship with someone, you can get to a place where you can level with them, really tell them how you're feeling, let them in. It's your chance to be open and vulnerable with that other person, to show them that you trust them enough to tell them this information. And it's their chance to get to know you better and give you a different perspective. Another thing that you can do here in terms of improving self-awareness and self-management, if you have someone you trust in the workplace, whether it's a peer, a mentor, your manager, who has helped you in your own self-development, bring them in on these goals and bring them in uh, that this is something you're working towards and see what their feedback is in terms of your ability to self-manage emotions as they occur in the workplace. What are things that they observe? Maybe tell them a few of the different exercises that you're working on and see how they can partner with you to get a different perspective and a different person's feedback. So the last self-piece when we think about self-management or control with emotional intelligence is self-motivation. And this is something that's particularly important to me and something I'm very passionate about because oftentimes when we think about motivation, we think about the responsibility of our managers or our leaders to motivate us. So, you know, I'm coming to work every day to work for them. They should really be motivating me to do my job. And the problem with a statement like that is you just took something and put it out of your control. So now motivation is something that you don't have the ability to impact. And I'm a firm believer that in most situations, there's some action or behavior that you can do to make something better. So if you want to be more motivated and excited when you're going to work, don't push that off on your manager or your leaders at your organization. Consider how you can motivate yourself. Um, and so a lot of this comes from learning to be self-aware and to self-manage your emotions and learning how to have a positive outlook on things or how to be adaptable to various situations. So if change is something challenging for you, but you feel excited working in a high change environment, or maybe you're at a startup and you're just addicted to that innovative culture, but you know that changing priorities and changing directions can be something that causes some frustration and anxiety sometimes. This is an area where you can learn to self-motivate. You can start to recognize those feelings as they occur. You can start to recognize what those feelings are telling you, where they're happening, and learn to take away whatever you need to take away from that feeling and be ready to move forward with the decision on the team. So self-motivation itself is something that can be really interesting and also super powerful. If you can learn how to draw connections between what you're doing and your organization, what you're doing in your team's goals and priorities, if you can find that purpose in your work on your own, you can begin to really lead yourself towards your own success and happiness. So we could do a whole other video on motivation itself, which I probably will after this. But I definitely recommend considering motivation as something you have control over, not something others have to inflict upon you. And seeing how that changes, how you interact with your work on a daily basis. So let's move on to the second half of emotional intelligence, which is around working and interacting with others. And so the first piece of this is empathy. And whenever I like to define empathy, I like to also take a moment to talk about sympathy. So we're gonna be sharing a video on the difference between empathy and sympathy. 
I think this is particularly important because you aren't always empathetic when you're sympathetic. And so the quote that I like from this video is that empathy feels connection and sympathy drives disconnection. So when I think about empathy, I really think about meeting a person where they are rather than looking down and feeling bad, bad about something that's happening to them. So where is it that a person is in their current state? How is it that they're feeling? You know, what emotions or what other things are going on in their head that maybe you're unaware of? And how can you meet them where they are and understand what's going on with them right now rather than just feeling bad for them? which is kind of more of what I think in terms of sympathy. And so this means understanding that individual's perspective, trying to stay out of judgment, and recognizing and then also communicating their emotions. So when I think about empathy in terms of interacting with others, especially in the workplace, it really means that when someone is having an interaction with you, whether it's a conversation, a chat message, a Slack message, if you will, an email, that you're able to consider them from their own perspective and not just yours. So before you snap a judgment on thinking, you know, that message was um, maybe passive aggressive or that email seemed rude or too short or they didn't say hi to me this morning. And it doesn't always have to be negative. Sometimes it can be positive. Um, you know, I think they, they understand what they're doing and they get their responsibilities and they're just going to crush this project. Take a moment to recognize that that's from your own line of thinking, that's from your own perspective, that's from your own assumptions, and where can you just pause and consider theirs? So how is it that they may be feeling? If they didn't say hi to you this morning, maybe they had a really rough morning at home. Maybe it has nothing to do with you at all. They're just ready to sit down and crank out work, and that's their focus right now. If you're sitting in a meeting with them, and they're nodding their head the whole time and sort of smiling and nodding their head, and you don't ask them any questions and you're just telling them what to do and you leave that meeting and assume this person's got it, they're going to crush it, they're going to do great, I think they're wonderful, you might be missing a big piece of how they're feeling and not trying to empathize that feeling or understand what's going on. And so you can just take a second to check in. You know, what do you think about the work that we're doing? How do you feel about our current priorities? How do you feel about your work and current priorities? I'd love to hear from you and what your thoughts are. And so a lot of empathy is just starting by learning about the individuals around you. And then over time, getting to know them so well that you can start to recognize their feelings and emotions as they're occurring and maybe pause to have a conversation. So, you know, one of the ways that I'll think about empathy is when you look out at a room in a meeting, you're the type of person who doesn't just see this meeting is a conversation around our financial goals you also see that this meeting is a conversation around our financial goals, but it's currently being led by the CEO and not the CFO. And the CFO would normally read a, lead a meeting like this. That's interesting. I wonder why that leadership has shifted. I also noticed that my manager is barely paying attention and seems very distracted on their phone. Perhaps they have something else going on and they're not able to focus fully you're seeing the full subcontext as to what's happening in the room and you're able to start read the emotion, reading the emotions of those around you and then asking questions to learn more about what's happening and to learn more about their feelings. So one easy way to do this in meetings, especially if you're the person leading the meeting or maybe the manager, is to start by checking in. This is often why in one-on-ones, managers will start the conversation by saying, how are you? 
And if you're a manager, don't just allow them to say, great, let's go. Okay, let's move on. Really stop and pause and let them talk. How are you doing? How's your day going? How was your weekend? And this isn't because you're trying to pry into their personal life. This is because you want to get a feeling into their emotional response and their emotional state. Again, empathy is around meeting a person where they are. You know, this weekend was actually really hard. My parents were supposed to come into town and their flight got canceled and I haven't seen them in months and I'm upset about that. And meet them where they are. You know, I'm sorry to hear you're upset. That sounds like it was really tough and I can tell you were excited to see them. And just pause there for a minute. What you're allowing the person to do when you are asking them questions to learn about their emotional state and then reflecting that state back to them and seeing if you have a good understanding of where they are is you're allowing them to be more self-aware of their own emotions. So they can start to, before they start to the meeting, say, I am still upset from this weekend because I was disappointed my parents didn't come into town. Now I'll be able to recognize that feeling sit with it and start to make decisions knowing that that feeling exists and that feeling is there. So when we talked about self-awareness and self-management through empathy and through asking questions to understand others on your team or others you interact with at work, and then mirroring those back to them. Am I hearing that you are really excited and you had a great weekend and you're still missing hanging out with friends? You can mirror that emotion back to them. You can give them a chance to be self-aware and to manage their own emotions in the conversation. The last piece of emotional intelligence is around relationships, connectedness, and socialization. So a lot of this is talking about inspiring, motivating, coaching, and understanding individuals, which are all important and can be discussed in their own right. But for us to explore this now, I want us to consider relationships from really one perspective, which is listening. So if you are an extrovert and highly outgoing like I am, you might be more of the talker in conversations and less of the listener. So I would encourage you as you're looking to improve your emotional intelligence in terms of your relationships with others to just start with listening and really learning how to listen to your team well. And so part of listening can be asking the right questions. Part of listening could be giving in others time to actually respond to the questions you're asking. Part of listening could be listening to the cues happening that aren't necessarily what they're saying. So what is their body language as they're talking to you? What are their eyes telling you? Are they yawning? Do they look engaged? Do they look excited? What is that is really occurring in that conversation? And also a big piece of listening is how you follow up and how you inquire more information. So if someone just told you about a project they're working on and they're worried about the deadlines, they have a lot going on, but you know, don't worry, I think I, I, think I can do the work, I think I can make it happen. You know, take that opportunity to explore more. There's clearly something they want to discuss with you. There's clearly something they want to talk about. So you don't just have to say, great, I'm glad you can make it happen. Let's get that done and move forward. You can actually pause and have a discussion around that. So let's talk about that a little bit more. What are your competing priorities? Why does it feel like there's a competition between those priorities? And how can I help you, you know, talk more about time management? 
What do you want to discuss with me? How can I help? And so just being there and being present when you're in interpersonal interactions. And so I'd say the last big piece of listening and really improving your relationships it's not just what you say and not just what you hear, but it's also going to be how you behave and how you act in front of the other person. So if you have one-on-one with, one-on-ones with individuals, or even if you just run past people in the hallway or at the coffee machine or wherever it is you're gathering, I'd encourage you to put your phone away and to sit and to really look them in the eyes and show them that you're there to talk to them and see how your conversations begin to change. So in your next one-on-one or in your next meeting with colleagues, maybe bring a notebook and a pen and write if you need to take notes and shut your laptop. And just see how that changes the dynamics, see how that changes the energy, see how that changes the conversation. And begin to consider, is that conversation something that's more rich? Is that conversation something that's helping you get to your goals in terms of your relationship development with those individuals? So those are really the five core pieces I wanted to discuss with you all in terms of emotional intelligence. And the big takeaway that I wanted to leave everyone with is awareness in general. So as I mentioned, emotional intelligence is self-awareness, self-management, self-motivation, empathy, and relationships or socialization. And really what a greater understanding of emotional intelligence and a greater practice and awareness of our behaviors around each of those five categories can do is to allow us to be more aware of ourselves and what's going on in our own workplace. So as an example, I'll kind of tie all five together. Say I walk in and I sit down at a meeting with my boss and it's been a hard day. I spilled coffee on my white shirt and I don't have a Tide pen. I still have to go into the office. Uh, Because I got in a little late due to the coffee spill, I didn't get a chance to check email before my meeting, and I prefer to be more prepared. And it's left me feeling a little frustrated and concerned. And that feeling of frustration and concern will allow me to start making assumptions around what I think success of that meeting will be. And so when I'm actually in the conversation with my boss, perhaps you know, I start to feel frazzled, I'm not sure how it's going, and I kind of walk out feeling a lack of confidence and feeling like I didn't excel in that conversation. So not only is that going to impact my self-motivation, my self-awareness, and my own emotions, but I'm also going to have a lowered ability to understand my boss's emotions and how my manager's thinking across the room. So if I am projecting onto them that I think I'm frazzled and that I think I'm not prepared, I'm likely going to think that, you know, my manager feels the same way and my manager is not excited about my performance in that conversation. And, you know, that can just start to snowball. And it can either be very positive in terms of, you know, let's look at that conversation that I was really excited and I think they're excited. Or it can be negative. I was really frustrated and concerned and anxious and now I think my manager is. So when we're considering emotional intelligence and we really just sum it up as awareness, It's your ability to step back and say, what assumptions am I making in this interaction right now? And how can I test those assumptions to move past assumption and get to fact? So maybe the facts are I presented the materials I needed to present. Sure, I have a coffee stain on my shirt and I haven't checked my email yet. But the fact is I needed to present a certain set of materials and I did that. 
And maybe the fact is my boss didn't notice the stain on my shirt because they were oblivious to that. They were happy about what I presented, thought that I uh, met their expectations and, and fully executed on that work. But I need to check in with them later in the day and see what they thought, how the meeting went, if they received the information they needed to receive, and step back and really be able to review for myself when in that conversations were my emotions coming into play and when in that conversation was I delivering the information I needed to deliver. So as you move forward throughout your workday, I just encourage you all to think about your own awareness. Test the assumptions that you're making and start to understand when your emotions are coming into play or when the emotions of others are coming into play and what the actual facts are going on. So I hope this definition of emotional intelligence was helpful. It broke it down for you, perhaps in a more detailed and new way. And you all have some steps to move forward to develop your own emotional intelligence moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Head over to levelingup.co to join our newsletter and to find past episodes. 